I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 32 of Sales Team Rescue. I am your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and today we have two special guests with us. Uh, today we have Sarah Roberts and Roger DeVoe, and let me start, Sarah, with a little bit about you. Sarah is a wellness teacher and entrepreneur who runs an online group coaching pro- program called One Bite at a Time, or OBAT for short. It's a 12-week deep dive to help people heal their relationship with food and create a life with more joy and freedom. She's the author of the 28 day kick the sugar challenge, as well as a founder of the popular blog, sarahtalksfood.com. You can connect with Sarah on her blog, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, at Sarah talks food. So Sarah, welcome to sales team rescue. Thank you so much for having me and for having us. We're really happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. And of course, the other half of the power couple, we cannot uh, cannot overlook Roger. Roger is a strategic marketer who specializes in helping people turn their knowledge and experience into products that can change lives. He is passionate about showing people how they can start their own business without spending a lot of time or money. Roger, welcome to Sales Team Rescue. Happy to be here, Jeremy. Awesome. So guys, so thank you so much for being here. Um, and thank you. We had some technical difficulties prior to going live. So I appreciate your patience with that. I have you here for a special reason. Uh, I met you guys oh, years ago in, here in Fredericton um, over coffee with our good friend Rivers Corbett. And, uh, and as I got to know you, I realized that I was connected, Roger, to your mom, who was at the time running, well, still running trade shows here in Fredericton. Uh, which is where if anyone has seen me live recently, the last month or so, I was going live from these trade shows because my dad uh, does wood carving and is a vendor in these trade shows here in Fredericton. And um, when I moved to Ottawa, lo and behold, there was Roger and Sarah running their own trade show. Um, So tell us a little bit about how you got into this space, because I think this is something that I think with the, you know, the overwhelm of online marketing, of social media marketing, the old school belly to belly sales process seems to be forgotten for a lot of businesses. So what brought you into this trade show space? Yeah, great question. Roger, do you want me to start? Sure. Um, So of course, you know, Sandra DeVoe, Roger's mom. And so his parents were running trade shows for years in Fredericton and we would always fly down East to help out and to work them. And someone in the wellness space, I sort of looked to Roger one year that we were in Fredericton and said, why don't we start, like you were saying, get people belly to belly, eye to eye, have the opportunity to connect in person and really talk about all that's going on in the world of health and wellness. It is the gap between our mental, our emotional, our physical and our spiritual health because I think it all 
of course, is interrelated. It is. And so I really felt that there was just a, a need. There was a gap in the marketplace for people to really come together and more than just have an opportunity to go and buy things. It's really a chance for people to have an experience when they come in. They're really, it's a really experiential event. We have a meditation area. We have people doing yoga. We have, you know, speakers that are enlightening us with their wisdom. And we have healers that are literally there healing people as people come to the show. And things so you can't just get online. Exactly. Like things you can't buy that you can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't go online, click a button and buy that. You have to be there in person. So we really wanted to create something that was more experiential and that provided opportunities for sales that were just a bit more unique than your than your typical trade show. Or, and I should be calling it a consumer show, but we all just use the word trade. <laughs> it's, the, it's the word, right? Yeah. Oh, and I, I think it's, it's really powerful. And um, I don't tell this part of the story very often, but when I started, it was because my dad was doing these wood coverings and I was 10 years old standing behind a table of his at the forestry complex here in Fredericton, listening to him tell the stories and, you know, capture people's attention with this wood carving. And that's where my sales experience all began. Yeah. And watching these stories, watching the engagement. I think that that's, well, I mean, absolutely a pivotal, pivotal point in my world. Yeah. So one thing that I've seen as my career evolves in sales and then I'm spending time year after year at these trade shows or consumer shows is people show up there with a different level of knowledge and experience of how they can generate business. A lot of people show up and say, there's my stuff. Oh, yes. That's, that's the approach. <laughs> so many people. With that's most, it. unfortunately. Yes, it really is. Sorry to cut you off, but yes, that is the approach. <laughs> Yeah. And, and even people that aren't just sitting there looking grumpy, it's this, yeah. right? They're tweeting and I feel bad every time I go to do a live. I'm like, I swear I'm not just texting somebody, but, but this is the, it's so interesting because the overwhelm of social media and the need to be connected to everybody else really shows up in a powerful way when you're in a place where you're designed to be face-to-face, belly-to-belly, right? And so I know that Sarah, you do a training, you've developed a training for people that are in your shows. And so, we, yeah, we really found that we wanted to help people to have the best possible outcome and experience as an exhibitor. What we understand fundamentally is that our job as show organizers is to create an experience for our customer, which is the exhibitors that are at our show, who will then um, pay that forward to their customers, which are the attendees of the show. So we really understand our role in that way where we want to make it so that we have, you know, created as much of an opportunity for our exhibitors to succeed as possible. So part of what we do is we provide a training for the ones that maybe haven't done a ton of training or. um, Well, so often exhibitors aren't salespeople. They've never been in marketing. They've never been in sales. They've, they've never gone through this training. They've just created something they're excited about, or they have a talent they want to share. And the only way they know how to share it is by showing up to these shows, putting it on a table and waiting for people to buy it. And for so many of them, that's the extent of their training. And it, as you know, and as most people find out who do that, people don't just buy. They're not just going to stumble. Of course, you'll make some sales just offhand and, and by chance, But most people aren't just going to walk up and buy what you have because they need to be introduced to it. They need to be excited by it. They need to be really understand why they should need it. 
in order for them to buy it. So that's what we want to help people do is understand there are simple things you can do to really improve your chances of getting your product or service or whatever it is you're, you're trying to promote into as many hands as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So share with the viewers and the listeners, what are, let's say three things that somebody can do. Not that I want you to do your whole training on here for everybody, because we're <laughs> going to talk about how they can get it if they want it. Cause let me tell you, it's awesome. And, uh, Every show that I've attended with these guys involved or their family involved um, has been phenomenal. But, but if you can share just like three things that people can apply, because I think what our audience will see or hear is that those same things can apply to every context of sales. So you pick your three and, and what do you think are the, the top three for you, Sarah or Roger? I will, and I'll just start with, you mentioned it, the sitting in the booth. We even, so we rent chairs if people need a chair at our shows, but we definitely let them know we'd rather not rent you a chair and we'd rather you not bring a chair. If you need to take a break, we provide a lot of volunteers at our shows so that people, so that our vendors that are solopreneurs or if they're, if they're on their own in their booth, that they can have a break now and again throughout the day. But really, if you're sitting in your booth and you're sitting on your phone or you're looking down or you're just not really engaging and you're not, there's a different energy that comes when we're seated versus when we're standing. Mm -hmm. And I just know that when I go to a trade show and I see people sitting at the back of their booth, maybe not smiling at me, maybe not engaged, not excited about their own product. Why the heck am I going to be excited about their product? It really puts a barrier up that I think is really off-putting. And it's just from an energetic perspective, it just doesn't feel good when you go past those booths. So that's the number one that we recommend to people. Don't sit in your booth. That makes all the difference. At these shows, we'll have people, when they're walking by, if you're just standing and they look over and you just can make eye contact and nod because you're present and aware, so often they'll see you and they'll look at you and then some people get awkward with eye contact. So immediately they look down at your table and then they kind of slow down and they'll maybe ask a question or they, they're engaged. They're, they're, the chance of them stopping and talking to you increase exponentially than like, like Sarah said, if I walk by people's booths and they're sitting arms crossed, sitting there and looking like they're frowning in the back of their booth. And I don't want to go in that. Like, it's awkward. I don't want to talk to that person. I'm not going to stop and look at their things. I'm going to keep going to the next person. Yeah. It's like, wow, you've had a rough day. Clearly no one else (laughs) wants to buy your stuff. So why would I want to? Totally. And I think that really kind of parlays into what I would say is the next point, which is some people just are not meant to sell their stuff. Some people are meant to create it and to be the creative force behind the product or service product, I guess, in this case, really. Um, because if it's a service, you should be able to sell yourself. But if you're really not able to sell your product, so for an example, Roger's parents did um, whatever level of sales they did before I came into their life. And it's just because sales and marketing has been my entire life that I shared with them some strategies, things like bundling products, another great um, thought for people to do. But bundling products, really talking about the benefits, the real features that people are going to be able to experience and the benefit to their lives, you know, really talking about they sell skincare. I'm passionate about skincare. And so his parents were a little bit on the more shy reserved side. And I came into the picture and they were almost like, oh my gosh, like we don't do it like this, Sarah. Like, like this is a little bit off-putting. Like talking to everyone and saying hi. I'm like, you know, all natural skincare. 
skincare over here. Come on over. Come check this out. This stuff's amazing. Look at this pain relief butter. Look at this amazing lip balm that I absolutely can't live without. And people are getting excited because they're hearing my genuine genuine excitement about it. But Roger's parents at first were a little bit like, we just don't do it like this. Well, now their sales just keep on growing exponentially year over year because they have gotten more and more comfortable with that approach and really understanding the importance of infusing energy into the sales pitch. Mm. Um, But if you are somebody that's watching right now and you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm the person that sits in the back of my booth. I'm nervous. I'm an introvert. I don't know how to put myself out there. Our suggestion, hire somebody. Hire somebody for the two days that is seasoned at sales, perhaps an ambassador for your product that absolutely loves what you do and says, you know what, for a couple hundred bucks in free product, I will sell for you for the weekend. Like I do it for free. I love your stuff so much, you know, but you want to take care of your person. But I think that is another, just a great suggestion for people that might not think about it. It's money well spent because you have no idea. You don't know what you don't know. Mm. You don't know how that person might be able to shine and bring in sales. And we often have these barriers again, not to put your parents under the bus, but his parents are sort of stuck in their ways. And they'll say, you know, well, we just don't do it that way. Like that's just, you know, Roger will often come with ideas and they'll be like, well, we just, we haven't, we've never done it that way. Like we've been having success doing it this way. And he's like, try it, mom, dad, like try it this way. And all of a sudden, now that's the new normal, right? Like it works and it becomes the new normal. Mm -hmm. So you can really learn a lot if you hire somebody who's seasoned in sales, who's passionate about your product that can sell really well and genuinely for you, you'll be able to then learn. Like, I'm not saying that the person that the founder of the business shouldn't be there, like they can easily, certainly, I know I'm just talking constantly. I'm so sorry, Roger. <laughs> you, you're great. I am. I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> but, um, but that would be another one that I would really yeah. recommend is get somebody in your booth that knows what they're doing and then you can learn from them. So it's not only, you know, beneficial for the weekend that you're going to make better sales. You're now learning what to do in the future. Yeah. And it's different sitting on the outside, watching it happen versus trying to do it yourself. And we've had, we've seen the direct impact. I know a lot of people don't think they can afford to hire someone or afford to have them in. You really can't afford not to, if you're putting the money to buy your spot at that show, to be there, to take the time to build the inventory. It's an expensive thing to be at a show to not put an extra, even if it's a couple hundred dollars to hire someone to do this, your sales could double, even triple. And we've seen that in our own business with people at our booths. One person will do X number of sales and with the same kind of weekend, the same kind of traffic, a different person will do two, three times Because of the way they interact with people, because they're a little more outgoing and maybe a little more excited about the product. It makes such a huge impact. It'll take a little bit of time to find that right person. It's worth doing. Totally. And and there's an entire industry, and most people know there's an entire industry of brand ambassadors. Like it's a job. In fact, I am on lists of people because I was, when I was in Ottawa, uh, I was encouraged to, to, cause there was, I don't know, come and work at the football game and you get to see the game free. I was like, yeah, I'm sure what the heck it was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I end up on these lists. So I get these notifications now of if I wanted to become a brand ambassador, but this whole industry, these are huge brands, like huge brands, like the big banks, like the big delivery apps, the, you know, and they're saying, we don't have anybody on staff. That's that makes it efficient enough for us to go and do this ourselves. Let's hire people who are naturally high energy, who are engaged, who people like to engage with 
and let that represent our brand. Yeah. And yet we don't, we don't do that when it comes to our, our little boots because, oh, we're just a little company. That's right. such a good point. Definitely. If the big guys are doing it, why aren't we following suit, right? Yeah, like if, exactly. if it works, it works. And I like what you said there, where it's actually more cost efficient for them to do it that way than yeah. try to figure out how to do it themselves, go through the training, go through the effort. Let's find someone already good at it and put them in that position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. And you know, I, I think touched on, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go right ahead. I was just saying, so I touched on bundling. And so I do just want to make that comment that that was a huge one for us. We took a cup. I said to, again, we're going to use Roger's family's experience just because that's when I was really in a sales um, role. And so I suggested to them that whenever I go shopping for products and serve like products, I really like to have a bundle. I like to have, you know, a little bit of a deal. And so I highly recommend a showstopper special. That's another tip that we almost require our vendors to have at our events. Um, You need to have some kind of a perk, like a benefit for people coming all the way down to this, you know, to this venue. They've made the trip down. They've made the effort to be there. Give them some type of a of a kickback, some type of a or of a of an incentive to right. come down and spend their time. So and to buy with you there at the show. Exactly. So you want to boost your sales for that weekend. You want to you know ten times your revenue, five times your you know your expenses, whatever it's cost you to be in the show. You want to make sure that it's really worth your while. And I know sometimes that's hard when it comes to services that maybe are going to be down the road that people are going to be investing in. But I think doing showstopper specials and bundling products is or services is a really great way to just boost your sales. Totally, totally. And one thing that I did a couple of years ago, I said, much like you guys, I said, dad, let me handle your pricing this year. And he's like, what, what do you mean? And quite transparently, I increased the price on three items by $5 and we tripled our income, our revenue. Yes. Wow. And it was, and it was, it was a change in the perception of the value. And then one of the items I said, Hey, if you buy four, we'll give you one free, which actually put it back to the old pricing. And people were walking away with stacks. I know. And it's all yeah. about the perception, right? Yeah. People love bundles. That's people it. love getting a deal. And on while we're talking about some pricing here, why not? Yeah. A, this we'll, we'll tag this into the, the bundling almost. Sure. But thinking about that pricing, thinking about how people interact with your product. One problem I see a lot of, of vendors have, and, and we ran into this a long time ago. Um, we were running health studios and we'd go to shows selling fitness equipment. Now these could be $2,000. So it's a high priced piece of equipment. And a lot of vendors have this where their price is all grouped around the same. It's either all low cost, 10 to $20 items, or it's all $50, $40, $50 pictures or paintings, or it's all three, 400, or in our case, 2000. It's usually priced around the same. And so what I always say to people is make sure you have something at each end of the spectrum. So if you're high priced like we were, what really made an impact for us was we came in with something that was low, easy for people to buy on the spot. So we put together a little $25 pass where people could then come to our studio and use our machines to give them a good try. So it was $25 and we used that to get people in and they'd either buy that on the spot and those little sales made up for the cost of our booth. And so having, because you can do lots of volume with them, all the people coming by, and then a lot of those turned into sales down the road. And a lot of those were enough to start a good conversation with people to get them excited enough about the product to have them then go, you know what, I'm just going to buy it and take it home. 
Because to sell one $2,000 product, you, you, you know, you need to get that one person that's going to do it to make your booth worthwhile. And if you get a couple, great. But what if you don't? What if those people just aren't there? You know, what if the organizers haven't done enough of the, of a job to get traffic through? What if, you know, the right people just aren't coming through that day that are going to spend that kind of money? So yeah, that was a really great. That low cost item will, will make up and pay for your booth. And on the flip side, if you only have low cost, look at either ways that you can have people coming at the low cost. Is there something higher cost you can then have as an upsell for them? And if not, because maybe you just you, you're making things and you don't know how to make something that's worth more value, what are those those side sales, those those bundled products that you can bring in and and package with it? So if someone's buying this one thing, what can you do to say, well, wait, why don't you pick up this? Like one of the things we sell are essential oils in Fredericton, and there it's eight dollars for a little oil, but we then ordered in diffusers for people that don't have them. And that's a $45 purchase. So it takes this $8 purchase that people are looking at as a cool thing they've heard about and saying, hey, you can go home ready to use it. Even though we don't make diffusers, we know that that's a piece of the puzzle that people need to use what we're selling. So why not us bring it in and sell it to them? Make it so that when they leave the trade show, they don't just have this thing that then they're like, oh, now I need to go and get these other things. Have those other things, either make them or source them from another vendor maybe, or find them online, whatever. But yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a great tip. They're going to spend the money anyway. They might as well spend it with you, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I know you said only three, but it wouldn't be right if I (laughs) left this conversation without suggesting to people one of my favorite tips of all, which I know you love, even though Roger probably wouldn't have always been this way, but at trade shows, I encourage all of our exhibitors to please eat real food over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Don't rely on the canteen. Don't rely on the French fries and the burgers and the pizza and the hot dogs that are, that are provided um, or that are available, like bring your own food and make it be as much as possible, as close to real food as possible. Um, Snacks that I really love, you know, a handful of nuts. You can quickly just eat that in your booth. You don't even necessarily have to leave, you know, just quickly chew it up, swallow it. And then you can, you know, you can be back to talking to your customers. Um, You know, a really nice wrap made with a really good quality wrap with some real vegetables and some roasted chicken inside, or if you're vegetarian, you know, make it with hummus, like, but just have real food available for yourself so that you are nourished throughout the day so that you're not drained of energy. Really what you need is to be hydrated, well hydrated, well rested. So try not to go out partying on the Friday or the Saturday night either. Get to get to bed at a reasonable hour, get your sleep and eat really good quality food so that while you're talking to your customers, you're not sitting there exhausted. You need your energy. We watch it happen. Like it, it's, it's crazy. It, it's such a huge thing to do and it will transform your results. We watch people at these shows constantly go and they buy a big poutine or oh, yeah. uh, French fries uh, and gravy for anyone in the States that doesn't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious when you're not having to function afterwards. Right. And we watch people take this to their booth, eat these massive plates of beige deep fried food and their energy just tanks and they sit and they look and they don't, it gets to the point where they almost don't want people to stop at their booth. And anyone doing sales knows what I'm talking about. We've all had this feeling every now and then where it's just like, oh, another person, like just leave me alone for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. If you have the energy 
because you're eating right and, and drinking lots of water, you won't get that feeling. And you can be present with the person at your booth and you can really talk, engage and, and sell more of your products. And wear really good shoes, wear running shoes. You don't want to be in the high heels, ladies, and you don't want to be in dress shoes, guys, on a cement floor, bring a sub flooring. I could go on all day, Jeremy, but these are just from a health perspective. I just want people to feel their best because if you're not feeling really good, you're not giving your best and you need to be at your best in these events. Like you've invested, you need to get that return. And a huge way to do it is to feel really energized. Well, and you're on stage. Yeah. Right. When you're when you're in that booth, you're on stage and there's yeah. no better level of or no better way to build authority than to be on stage. Yeah. So if you're showing up, you're representing your brand, you're representing yourself. And for some people who do one or two shows a year as their primary source of side income, you might be representing a lot of your annual income on that show. So don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you. Before we run away, I know we've been a little over time, but I want to hit you with the lightning round. Okay. Yeah, okay. And because we got two of you, we're going to ask. We're going to go back and forth. So first question, I'm going to ask, oh, I'm curious. Of, actually, Sarah, I'm curious of your answer for this. So Sarah, as we know, coffee's for closers. <laughs> you picked the right person, by the way, for this. Good, good. Um, amazing. What, what's your favorite kind of coffee or comparable drink? Oh, my gosh. So no need to compare. Um, I like a triple espresso Americano with a little bit of steamed milk on the top. And it is amazing. Wow. That's- and there has to be some foam with that little bit of steam milk and or she's very unhappy. I sh- and I should mention, I only drink decaf. Don't judge me. I get it. I, some people are just like, well, then that's not even really coffee. That that's means that I really love coffee to the point where I even go decaf with it because I love the taste so much. I just don't like the jittery feeling I get, but I love a rich dark roast. So yes, the espresso awesome. is amazing. Love it. All right, Roger. What's the number one book or movie you'd recommend to sales reps or sales leaders? Mm. Mm, that's a good one. Oh my God. There are so many, you know what? Mm. I would go with a movie mm-hmm. and it's going to be a little bit, Oh, maybe a book. See, I can't just pick one. I'll give I, you one of each. Go, oh, you get one of each, a movie and a book. One of each. I would go for a book and it's, it's, Maybe not as as normal for people, but it's an old school one. And I just like the layout. It's really easy to go through. And it's called Unmarketing by uh, Scott Stratton. And a, a lot, and I recommend this one just because I know most people probably haven't read it. It wasn't like a Gary V book or anything like that. But it's excellent because I think it actually applies more nowadays than ever before. And you can kind of get an idea of what it's about from the title called unmarketing. But I think we're going more and more that way because people are just getting so overwhelmed and sick of being sold to. And we need to do things differently. And for some reason, people still aren't. It's got to be value. Value, value, value. value. Okay. What's the movie? We have to hurry. We're on a time. Movie. Quick. Uh, Honestly, Watch the um, oh my, what's what's the name? Glengarry Glen Ross. No, and then don't be like that. Yeah, okay. Don't be like that. Yeah, Everybody watches. Closed. I used to watch this for sale. I'm one of my first jobs at Future Shop. We'd watch this in the morning to pump us up for sales. No, don't always be closing. Talk to people. Be a person. Don't be like that. Love it. Great Love movie it. too. So you'll enjoy it. Awesome. Awesome. Sarah, who's somebody you've considered a mentor in your life? 
Oh my goodness. It's going to sound so cliche and so cheesy, but it's Oprah Winfrey. I absolutely adore her. I love her authenticity. I love the fact that that woman is an open book. She has told people everything and she honestly opened the door for me to just know that, you know, you don't have to hide behind your shame. And then Derek Fage is a local, well, he lives in Ottawa, but he was somebody who shared his truth. I just interviewed him last, it was the last episode of my talk show was last weekend. So if anyone's interested in learning his story, um, he shared his story publicly. And it was where, when I read that story, I won't ruin it, but I was like, if that guy can tell everyone on Facebook and he's on live TV every day at the time, his story, then I can tell people the fact that I got sober 18 years ago and I now live a lifestyle of recovery. I mean, I was so ashamed of my truth. And so, uh, so I just love anybody that's sharing the truth of their lives. Awesome. Awesome. All right. And I'll let you guys choose who answers this one because this is the last question here. What's the strangest thing you do in your daily routine to stay on your game? (laughs) Should I answer for you? (laughs) <laughs> so, I'm so curious I, what you're going to say is my thought strangest that might go that thing. Way. Yes, I can't wait to hear this. I would say for Sarah, it's dancing while doing everything <laughs> as a way to get an energy up and a little extra workout in. But while she's doing almost anything, if she's doing things in the mirror, she'll be doing little squats, doing little dances, doing little ab crunches, <laughs> like just always doing these little things. But no one has more energy than her. So there's something to it. Mm. It's probably weird. Hey, I don't do it and maybe I should be doing it. So tomorrow I will see how well the dancing and shaking during everything works for me. Yes. Nobody come and watch. Okay. (laughs) Now, how can people find more of your greatness? We talked about a way that if they want to email you, you will send them a PDF breakdown of your tips for trade shows. Yeah. Yes. And that's going to be sending an email. Mm -hmm. Go Go ahead. If you, yep, go ahead. Info at healthybrainandbodyshow.com, all spelled out, right? And where's the best place to find each of you? So the best place to find me is, uh, again, I'm a wellness teacher, coach, somebody who loves to work online with my clients. And so what we do together is a 12-week deep dive into our old patterns and our habits. And we just work together for 12 weeks to really create a life that we love. We deep dive into sugar and to food and to addiction. And we really talk about creating these lives using habits and actions and protocols that can really support our lives. So my work is done at obatcoaching.com, which is OB. E-A-A-T. It stands for one bite at a time coaching.com. Awesome. And Roger, how do we find you? Find me on Facebook. Just uh, my name. You can even Google Roger DeVoe. My name is very rare. Roger's an old man name. Not many young people have it. So you'll find me. Click, send me a friend request, reach out, say hi, ask any questions. I'd love to connect. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here. Greatly appreciate your time, your energy, and your enthusiasm and your expertise. Um, guys, this was episode 32 of Sales Team Rescue. And if you want to sit down with me and have your Sales Team Rescue blueprinting session, go to salesteamrescue.com to book that and to see this replay, previous episodes, and a link to stay uh, up to date with the newest episode that's coming. So guys, thank you. And remember, be young, have fun, and make sales. Cheers. Thanks, Jeremy. That was awesome. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. 
You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com. Thank you.